and welcome back to another episode of Making Sense of Money. I'm Nikki Jancola Shanks, one of your co-hosts. Last episode, we had on Beth Groves, who is a professional development specialist from the Illinois Student Assistant Commission, or ISAC, and she talked to us about major changes to the FAFSA form, why it's delayed this year, and why it's essential that everyone fills one out when considering post-secondary education. So if you or a loved one are looking at applying to higher education in the coming year, make sure you check that episode out. And I'm Andrew Pellegrini, your other co-host for Making Sense of Money. Today, we are going to be talking about something very important to millions of student loan borrowers, student loan repayment. It restarted in October interest started accruing again in September, but we are in the thick of return to repayment. And just to remind listeners a little bit of the history of how we got here, when the COVID-19 pandemic started under the Trump administration, all payments for student loans on federal loans only were paused, meaning people did not have to pay and interest did not accrue. It was then extended, and then under the Biden administration has also been extended several times. A couple months ago, they gave the heads up that as of October 1st, that was no longer going to be the case. So that really means that you are getting bills. You should, every student loan borrower at this point who has a federal student loan should have received their new updated bill and you will have to begin paying. Now, don't panic if you are in the middle of this, overwhelmed by all of the things that go along with returning to repayment on your student loans. We understand, but I'm going to turn it over to Andrea to kind of talk about how the Biden administration is trying to make this return to repayment just a little bit easier. So Nikki mentioned that you should have received your bill. You won't get it in the mail. Servicers are communicating and and the Federal Student Aid Administration is communicating with borrowers via email. So if you haven't updated your information in a while on the FSA dashboard, you may want to check that out. We'll put in the show notes how to access it. But as Nikki was mentioning, because we've been in this three and a half year hiatus, for student loan repayments, no interest accrued up until September. They are allowing a on-ramp to repayment, what they're calling an on-ramp to repayment. What this means is the consequences of non-payment are softened a little bit to help relieve some potential anxiety for borrowers and for some of the student loan servicers who are managing this kind of unprecedented Uh, return to repayment for definitely unprecedented. Yeah. It's never happened like this before. So that means that if you're a little bit late on your payments, you don't have to freak out. They're not going to immediately turn you over to collections or put it on your credit report. The consequences for delinquency and default are lessened for the next 12 months. So 
you don't have to feel anxious about this transition. If you are struggling a little bit, there are some opportunities for you to make some adjustments in this next year, but it also doesn't mean you can ignore it. This isn't an extension of you know student loan pause. You are expected to make payments. Interest is accruing still. So there's a consequence of that. You have late payments potentially will receive additional fees potentially there's not a lot of clarity there from what i've seen nikki have you seen some clarity on if they're going to charge late fees during this during the on ramp i am not comfortable saying 100% one way or the other i believe that the intent is to not charge late fees but again i'm not sure if that's coming from the Biden administration or it's servicer by servicer. So I just don't want to be a hundred percent quoted on that. Yeah, I completely but, understand. But for sure, interest is accruing. So if you are not, and it it is a little unclear, whereas if you aren't making payments and you wait the entire year or months and interest accrues, it is a little bit unclear if that means the interest is capitalized or not on your first payment back. So again, we just really would stress this is not another payment extension. Yes. So you do want to pay attention to it. You want to make plans for, but you don't have to have a lot of anxiety about whether or not you make a late payment. And we'll talk about a couple resources for you to figure out if you're struggling, what your options are. And as Andrea said, this is supposed to alleviate some of this anxiety. And one of the very real and possible situations that have come up in this three and a half years hiatus has been lots of loan servicer changes, which means most likely, or at least a vast majority of people have seen some sort of loan servicer change. So who you were paying your loan to three and a half years ago may not be the same person you're supposed to be paying right now. Due to people not really having to pay attention to that up till right now, that's also something that the on-ramp period is supposed to help with that in case you accidentally pay the wrong servicer and then you have to transfer it to the right servicer or whatever it might be. So don't panic if you're like, I didn't check it and just went and paid my same stuff. That's again, another purpose for this on-ramp period. The loan servicer changes is definitely something that if you haven't paid attention to yet, make sure that you go back and double check that you are paying the correct amount to the correct company. The other thing that we really want to highlight is that there are very, very, very long wait times right now at pretty much every servicer if you try to call them, if you have questions, if you aren't sure of your payment amount, or you're not sure if you qualify for X, Y, and Z, whatever it might be. As we said, this is a unprecedented event. Not only has this never happened in government, but it also no event from a loan servicer point of view like this has also happened where over 40 million accounts are basically turned on at the same time. So lots of people calling at once. Wait times are long. So Andrea and I are really suggesting to people something that's called self-servicing when it comes to your loan accounts and payments. What we mean by that is that there is a lot 
that you can do yourself or figure out yourself online. There are a lot of tools on both the loan servicers website, on the federal student aids website that you can complete without having to speak to someone. There are you know, if you want to apply for the a new income-driven repayment plan, you could do that all online. You don't need to talk to anybody to apply for that program, particularly if you're looking for information regarding the new SAVE program. That could all be done online, and they will prompt you through it. There are also explanations and forms to fill out if you do need something like a deferment or a forbearance, or you're not sure who your loan servicer is. You can find all of that stuff online, which we highly recommend to start there and see what questions you can answer yourself and what you can figure out online to do before you have to sit on hold because we would hate to have you sit on hold. And when I say there are long wait times, I mean, we're seeing reports that and hearing from borrowers from anywhere 30 minutes on the low end to three hours high end. We just really want to stress that there is a lot of this stuff that you can do online. So make sure you exhaust all of those options before you hop on a call, because that would obviously be frustrating. And if you could avoid it, we hope that you can. Andrew, is there any other parts about self-servicing you want to highlight? There are also less servicers than there was pre-pandemic, which is part of the reason why there's this increase in wait times. With the self-servicing, it's basically just managing your loans on your own. And you can already schedule payments online. You can already, like you could, you've been able to do that for a long time, but because there are a lot of repayment options, deferment, forbearance, there's a lot of processes involved with those. There's more information online that you can arm yourself with and take advantage of to do as as much on your own before having to call any of the servicers. So I think that's really important. And Nikki already highlighted a lot of what you can do on your own. So do as much on your own before reaching out as you can. And also learning about what your options are can help empower your discussions and make them more efficient. So you have the same language and the servicers aren't having to teach you what each piece of your options are. Along with that, Nikki and I have been doing webinars since July of this year. So July of 2023, and we are doing them each month through March of 2024 to help with this return to repayment. We've already covered things like understanding the federal student aid or FSA dashboard. We already talked a little bit about exploring your repayment plan options with the loan simulator, which is on the the FSA dashboard. And we also talked about consolidation versus refinancing. They are not the same thing. And a lot of people get them confused. And then we very recently talked about forbearance and deferment as options for if you can't make a payment. And then we have more things planned for the rest of the series, but we'll put a link to the show notes on signing up for the rest of the series, as well as accessing the recording and supplemental materials that we provided 
through those webinars so far. Yes, we highly suggest checking those out because we hope that they are helpful, especially the way that we have divided them up into smaller segments. So that way it's not one of those student loan webinars that's like an hour and a half long and everything's included and it's very overwhelming. Another thing that we really wanted to highlight to our listeners is enrolling in the auto pay function of your student loan. There are several reasons why this is good. One, it guarantees that you won't miss a payment. Two, it actually usually provides you a discount on your interest if you choose to auto pay that way. Those are two very big things that would help. (laughs) Another thing we want to highlight about auto pay is that if you were on auto pay before the student loan payment pause, so way back in before 2020, and you were on auto pay, it did not restart automatically at all. You had to re-enroll. And there's lots of reasons why. One of them is the loan servicer changes that we talked about. So they weren't going to turn something back on that your loan may not even exist where you used to be paying. Two, everybody's financial situation has changed. So they didn't want to restart payments on somebody's account without them opting into that. So if you are like, oh, I'm not worried because my payment was on auto pay. So I'm all fine. I didn't have to do anything this past month. That is not true. You do have to go back and re-enroll. Well, and there were a lot of situations where people's uh, financial institutions changed with all the identity theft issues that happened and increased during the pandemic. It makes sense that banking and account and routing information would have changed. There's probably at a state level regulatory requirements for using any direct debit or ACH or electronic check transactions if there's a lapse of more than a certain amount of time in making those payments. So there's a lot of reasons why they couldn't just use the information you already provided. In wrapping things up, We also wanted to remind you to use the Federal Student Aid Dashboard to access information about who your loan servicers are now, what your balance is, what your payment options are. We talked about Loan Simulator a little bit. You can review what your repayment plan options are that you're eligible for based on information that you provide. You can also update your contact information. So if you have not been receiving emails from the Federal Student Aid Administration or your servicers, that's an option. I'm not sure if we talked about this previously when we talked about credit and the impact on credit, but I do believe that there were instances where servicer changes happened and the loan balances and repayment amounts for both servicers were showing up on people's credit reports. So reviewing your FSA dashboard information to see who your loan servicers now can help you correct any issues on your credit reports if you find those. So you can go to annualcreditreport.com to get copies of your credit reports, request copies of your credit reports to review if there's been any mix-ups during these transfers of, of loans. 
So once again, thank you so much for joining us today. These were just a few things that Andrew and I really wanted to highlight within this return to repayment base. The reason why we picked these particular things that we wanted to highlight on the podcast is due to some feedback that, you know, Andrea works with students all the time, things that I'm hearing on the regulator side. So these are just a few things that we wanted to make sure borrowers were aware of. We hope that you found this information helpful. And again, if you're confused about your student loans, don't worry. You are definitely in the majority. Um, And in the show notes, we will put the link to our student loan webinar series and also where you could find past webinars with our YouTube page as well. So thank you guys for joining us again, and we'll talk to you next time.